We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And here we go! There's a man open left side, caught! It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. All right, 301-230-0980. Let's crank it up. Let's talk about it right now. Okay. The upcoming NFL season for the Washington Commanders. There is anticipation. Get all the name crap out of the way. We're not talking about any of that. We're not talking about the over 1,100 comments now on their Facebook suite ads, of which 1,000 of them are basically telling them, you know, go take some Listerine, put on some deodorant, you stink, okay? It's about football this week. It's all about football. It's all we're talking about. Now, certainly you can end up at the stadium if you have a negative experience. We'll talk about that on Monday, but we're here to talk about football, all right? And there is a belief, and and we are – look, Ron Rivera, his coaching staff, Scott Turner, Ken Zampezi, trained professionals. These guys have done this for a long time. This is their livelihood. If they don't do it well, they get fired, Okay. So there is urgency for them. I think there's urgency for Carson Wentz. And I think there's urgency as a franchise amongst its leadership. Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, guys that are leaders in that locker room. I think there's urgency within those men as well. You have a quarterback that's eager to change a narrative about himself. You have a defensive line that is eager to change the narrative that's out there about themselves. Those are the critical units on this football team that have talent but have questions to answer and urgency to develop over 17 games, four quarters each game. Because in the NFL, if you loaf for a quarter, you'll lose the game more often than not. So as they get set, and there is opportunity, Chris, there is opportunity. Look, this team has gotten hosed. For years by the schedule makers. And there's still some things here. Like, I don't believe they play back-to-back home games at any point. Well, they they do at the end of the season. Oh, right. But, but in the middle, I mean. Right. In until the you main there, part of the schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, there is opportunity, though, mm-hmm. to get off to a good start. Coaches preach that. We must get off to a good start. Set the tone. Can a Washington team set the freaking tone for itself right away? Because that, to me, is a key in changing the narrative and getting people excited about those division games that are on the horizon 
after you get past these first two, that could have your fan base again excited about your opportunity to play football this year because we're going to find out, Chris, in the first handful of games just where they are compared right. to their division mates and where they stack up right. uh, in, in the NFC. Last year they should have been 0-2 to start and really 0-3 uh, if, if you look at it because they, sh- they probably shouldn't have gotten away and gotten a win on that Thursday night football game against the Giants. I mean, again, very controversial ending, ruling, what have you. The Giants were pissed forever. Uh, I still haven't gotten heads or tails over whether that was the right call, the wrong call, whatever. They were lucky and fortunate to get away with that. They lost four and a half days earlier, partially because of Antonio Gibson, partially because they couldn't get off the field on third down, partially because of special teams. They lost four and a half days earlier and got off to an 0-1 start. And when you when you look at this team, right, the start they kind of got off to last year, in Ron's first year, they won the season opener, but then they lost their next two at Arizona, at Cleveland, and they were terrible in the first half against Wentz and the Eagles in 2020. Like... I look at, and, and 2019 was a debacle, of course. They started out 0-5, Jay got fired, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Um, this team has not been good at starting years with a sense of urgency, with their hair on fire, with a purpose of, hey, not only let's get off to a good start and make it easier on ourselves, but Pete, also let's give ourselves some buffer room, right? Because as injuries start to pile up, and maybe some play kind of levels off or drops off or whatever, and guy and some more attrition happens. Like if you get off to the type of start that the Rams got off to last year, I think they were seven and one out of the shoot or whatever it was. It gives you the opportunity to suck for basically about mm, three weeks or a month and to find yourself again and to go. Th- but this team never gives itself that that kind of leeway that margin for error or rarely i should say uh it, it does rarely i mean they they were 2 and 0 in 2011 i think that was the last time that they were 2 and 0 i would have to double check that but they were 2 and 0 in 2011 they beat the giants on 9-11 kerrigan's debut interception all that stuff the next week they barely beat the arizona cardinals at home but they were 2 and 0 and 3 and 1 to start that year and then it completely collapsed right. right they only won 5 games that year after going 3 and 1 to start but so just by starting quick doesn't mean it guarantees anything but it gives you that buffer room it gives you that margin for error and here's another thing Pete please don't get carved up like a hot knife through butter on jacksonville's first drive of the game on sunday I did all the numbers. They've allowed, in 33 games under Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, they've allowed points on 17 out of 33 opening drives, which to me seems like a lot. I don't know how that compares to around the rest of the league. 17 out of 33 games, points. It's greater than 50%. And 10 of those 17 are touchdowns, including each of the last two season openers at home, in which they've been absolutely ambushed by, I always want to say Phillip Rivers, but that's not the case anymore, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and Wentz and the Eagles. Absolutely ambushed. Ken, guys, here. The game starts at 1 o'clock. Please show up at 1 o'clock. Please come for lunch at 1. 
not at 1.30. I don't need to hear about um, Trevor Lawrence and how good he is and how great he is and how respectful we have to be that we can't get off the field on third down. Shut up. The game starts. All right. Maybe it starts at 102 by the time we get done with all the pomp and circumstance. You know what I'm trying to get at. The game freaking starts at 1 o'clock. Start fast. Show up. How about being competitive on the first drive? You haven't been in the preseason. You haven't been in the two-season openers against Ron and Jack. You haven't been good to start seasons overall, despite the 2020 win over the Eagles and the aforementioned Carson Wentz. You haven't been good enough to come in, ah, let's kick our feet up on the desk. Ah, let's show up at 118 because, you know, this game doesn't, ah, we'll find a way to win. No, no, no. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. I mean, to, that's a that's a when you give up better than fifty percent on the first drive. What I what I what I talk about a few minutes ago: setting the tone, set the tone, dictate to your opponent when you're chasing the game. There's much greater pressure on the team chasing the game if the other team sets the tone. It makes that you know you you keep looking at the clock and you keep looking at the clock and all of a sudden you look up and it says QTR four and you're looking at eight minutes to go and you're looking at the other team having more points on you and you're like you keep chasing the game from the get-go it would be great the great thing about Gibbs's teams when this team was you know consistently good is they dictated to other teams they played from in front this game is compelling for you much better when you're playing from in front and winning is hard. I, I, t I say that all the time. Losing is easy. Winning is hard. But trying to have a sense of urgency right away, dictating to your opponent, you know, that that's the great thing about what the good teams do. They're constantly playing from in front and putting the pressure on the other teams. If you get this Jacksonville Jaguars team down, Chris, the guys that are returning on this roster, they know what that feeling is like. There's like, oh, crap, here we go again you know, type thing, if you can get them down early in the game. Mm -hmm. So, and and this is a team that is still trying to find itself under new leadership. So, as I said before, the best time to play a team with new leadership is the first game. They're trying to figure it out for themselves, what they want to be, mm -hmm. how to use the pieces, and as they get going during the course of the season, they're going to get better. So the best time to play a team with, uh, with a new group is the first game. So this is a tremendous advantage in my mind, for Washington. And I know others will counter by saying, well, you don't know what Jacksonville is going to do. That's true. That is true. But you know the quality of the personnel. You know who you have to dispatch on who. Mm -hmm. You know who you have to account for. And the objective is still the same. When that quarterback drops back to pass, those guys up front need to go get him. They need to harass him. They need to hit him. They need to hurry him. And if they don't do that, it doesn't matter what Doug Peterson calls, if they don't do that, then – the, then Trevor Lawrence is capable of having a, a very good day. Trevor Lawrence has to be the most excited guy in the NFL coming into this season because he's got a new coach and he's got a new lease on life. Because last year, Trevor Lawrence took an inordinate amount of criticism. He took more criticism last year mm -hmm. than he's probably taken ever in his life. Right. He's lost And more, certainly had more losses. He lost more games last year than he ever lost yeah. in his life. And he didn't play well. It wasn't no, just, it, was, it wasn't yeah, all I mean, it was Urban all. Meyer. I mean, just like but it when was Sam bad. Darnold sucked in New York, it, it was wasn't all, all on Adam Gase. No, you I, know? One hundred percent. It was all bad though for that team. So and you know, Chris, you can be a great individual player. Mm-hmm. But just like a, you know, 
you know, somebody that gets, you know, guilt by association. It, it, last year, everybody on that Jaguars team was guilty by association. So from that standpoint, that's where if, if you're Jacksonville, you're excited about a fresh start, but you're still trying to figure out what you're trying to do because you haven't done it yet. Right. And that's why I think Washington has an advantage of playing Jacksonville in its first game with its new leadership as opposed to playing in like week nine or ten. I agree. Where they're going to be start to make start making strides. So, And I know this is the first game for Carson Wentz. I understand that part. You could say the same thing about that uh, for Washington in, in some ways. But we saw this offense – and we saw this team win seven games with Taylor Heineke playing quarterback, COVID disruptions on defense and offense, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And, and they still won seven games. So we have every right to believe that this group can be, will be, much more competitive coming into this season. But these are the, these are the types of games that teams that are contending must win. Your roster's better than the other roster. You must go win these games to start the season if you are any threat to Philadelphia and Dallas in the NFC East. There's no debate. There's no debate on this. You're better. You're the better roster. You must go play like it coming up this week. But I would ask you this. Mm -hmm. The other guy's a Super Bowl winning coach. what, What staff do you want to go to battle with? I mean, it's a great question. You want, you want to, you want to, I mean, it's know. not exactly his Philadelphia staff. Frank Reich was, no, I understand you know, that 100%. So, that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, honestly, right now, I still have enough faith in the commander staff. Okay. That I would give them the slightest of edges. I think it's a debate, though. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's a Super Bowl winning head coach. I mean, coach. listen. That's a Super Bowl winning head coach who lost his quarterback. Correct. Who was playing good football and, at the time of the injury. And won the Super Bowl Great with football. his backup. Great football. I mean, he was on target to be the NFL MVP. Do you buy? And the next year okay. as well, when Wentz yep. went out in the play uh, in the late in the regular season too, Nick Foles do, took them into the second round. Do you buy mm-hmm. the fact that well, Doug Peterson knows Carson Wentz and knows his strengths and his weaknesses? What if any role does that play other than a cliche in this game? I don't I don't think there's anything that people don't know about Carson Wentz. I think it's 100% spot on. Right. There's so, so much so film, not a major so much you, what you're saying there. is not a major advantage for Doug right. Peterson. Right. Here here's here's what I, here's what I will say though. It could be Doug Peterson or it could be Santa Claus that's the Jaguars head coach. You know how I'm getting after Carson Wentz, right? I mean, I'm trying to ambush Yeah. Those two tackles, specifically Sam Cosme, mm-hmm. on the right side. Because Cosme, if he has a weakness, besides not being able to stay on the field last year, it's pass pro. I am double fire zoning. I am overloading the right side of the commander's offensive line. The left side of the Jaguars' defense. I am trying to overload that side to take advantage of Trey Turner, who hasn't practiced much, but is fully healthy apparently, and yes, a veteran, but in a new system, and more specifically, Sam Cosme, and whether that's Josh Allen and um, Trayvon Walker, whether that's whoever it is, mm-hmm. that is where the pressure, that is where like, the worry for me comes from. Not necessarily Charles Leno on the left side, not necessarily double A-gap blitzes and all that stuff up the middle with um, 
Chase Roulier coming back, and Andrew Norwell, the former Jet. Like, like, of course that could break down as well. But I really worry about what Carson Wentz can see, and he should be able to see coming off that, again, right edge of the commander's offense, left edge of the Jaguars' defense, and something we've talked about, something everybody's talked about, will he then try and play hero ball? Will he take shots that either get him hurt or sacked sacked or out of field position or inaccurate because he doesn't get his feet around or set his feet or plant his feet or turn his hips or get in good throwing motion? Or will he say, oh, wait a second, you know what? We're having a little bit leaky off that right side. Or, boy, they're really sending a lot of, you know, again, those double fire zones, whatever. Like let's screen over them, or yes. or let's let's Swing do something. Exactly. Will he be able to do that? In your eyes, I mean, look, that's I mean, let's consistently. Face it, that's been the one area of his game that has needed improvement uh, in that short intermediate area uh, throughout his career because of his ability to throw the ball and everything. You know, I mean, Elway struggled with that. Elway wanted to throw the ball through your chest. Uh, it, it, <laughs> You know, he'd throw the ball out to Sammy Winder and nearly throw it through his chest cavity on on swing passes uh, at times. It took him a while uh, to develop a touch there. Not only that, I think, look, dude, if I'm Scott Turner, I'm spending my money on the left side behind Charles Leno and Andrew Norwell. I don't care if I have to run uh, 70% of my offense around those guys uh, on Sunday because I I believe that's a great place to spend my money. I'm, I'm cool throwing it behind. Uh, 72 and 69. Uh, coming You're talking up. about like screens and, 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 and running. And, and, I'm, I'm running behind those mm-hmm. two. I'm throwing short stuff. But I mean, I'm Cosme throwing... is good run blocking. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily Fine. have to be one sided, but maybe to your point, try to establish I'm, I'm, myself. I'm, I'm, I'm telling 72 and 69, hey, we're coming over there. Right. Okay. Be ready to whip these people's ass at the line of scrimmage. I'm coming right there. Okay. I'll come to the line of scrimmage with a bullhorn if I have to. We're running behind Charles and Andrew. Let me ask you this. If you notice a problem, again, coming off the left edge of the Jaguar offense, uh, defense, right side of the commander offense, and you and, and they're just loading up or they're just getting home, and, and it's early and you can see it and everyone can sure. see it, do you then say – in addition to trying to take advantage of the strength of your offensive line, like you're saying, do you say instead of trying to screen over that or counter that with maybe a, a quick out to McLaurin or Samuel or Dotson or whatever, or, or, or even Logan Thomas lined up to the right side, do you say, you know what, the hell with going against that in any way, if we can, let's go away from that, well, meaning means, look, to I, the left side yeah, I mean, and less, what you're talking about. That means about. I got less traffic over there. Exactly. That means, that means I'm running slants. I'm running you up the hash. Yeah. There should be less guys over there, right. like you said, to make hay. And, probably, and, and, a lot and of one-on, make, you probably got a lot of one-on-one yeah. coverage over there. And that's where this offense, quite honestly, everybody I think is sleeping on this. Everybody thinks this offense is going to be like fireworks and baby, you're a firework. <laughs> No, no, no. It, it oh like God. that should be a thing once or twice a game or whatever. It is much, much, much more important, much more important for this team to be good in the quick game and to take advantage of the skill sets of McLaurin, Samuel, Dotson, specifically those three in space, quick game, get it out of your hands. 
Don't take the hit. Don't have things break down. And I know it's not always easy. Obviously, if a team is playing press coverage, you've got to find a way to win off the line of scrimmage in a quick, short phone booth space area. But especially if a team is rolled up in zone, or if especially if a team is scared to death of you going deep, right? Again, you take your shot maybe early in the game, maybe on the first round. Like, I know in the preseason opener, you're like, you know, I want my guy Scott to throw it deep and uh, – do that on the first play to scare the bleep out of them Absolutely. and to put it in their mind, but then don't live like that. Don't sure. live in that high-rent district. Understand. You back. What you do is by doing that, you create more room for Antonio Gibson in the running game just by doing that early in the contest so that safety can't come sneaking up in the box a little bit further. Those linebackers have to stay back at regular distance. They can't, they can't kind of cheat a little bit up toward the line of scrimmage because you're, you're going to want your linebackers getting depth in those drops to try and disrupt Carson Wentz uh, in that portion of the field. There are little things that each thing that you do sets up opportunity elsewhere mm-hmm. within your offense. And I think that's where Scott Turner has a lot more ability this year with his offensive staff to create doubt in the mind of the other team and even if you just formation people to death and run the same stuff that works, just do it out of different formations, it gives him the opportunity because of multiple quality wide receivers, a quarterback that can legitimately throw the deep out and the deep up, the up and out. You got to worry about, you know, stop and goes, uh, just like we saw Danny Johnson bite on in the last mm-hmm. regular season game. That is a legitimate threat with Wentz because Wentz can make you pay uh, for biting on plays like that with big plays down the field. There's just so much more opportunity that's there. And Scott could really keep this simple and run the same plays, just formation other teams to death if they work. Right. Keep the package compact that plays to Carson's strength. Don't ask him to do a lot of things that he struggles at. That way you keep him in a positive mind frame, you keep his rhythm in a positive place, but you also – create more opportunity again for explosiveness that is this team has lacked because if you get explosive plays that's the difference between scoring 24 to 31 as opposed to living and dying with every breath like they were right. last week right. in the 17 to 20 range right. you were life and death getting to 17 to 20 points yeah. last year that's all fair in several games the defense held up their end of the bargain on some of those yep. days Raiders in particular, mm-hmm. okay, quality opponent, playoff team, you beat them 17-15. So your defense shows that they they can do it. They are the, the they're the inconsistency that must improve this year if they do and you have an offense that by nature is going to score more points just by being more explosive, mm-hmm. the results should be better. Yeah. Should be well, better. you know what also is legal? Throwing a quick pass to a wide receiver and having them break a tackle and make somebody miss in space, I mean, and having them turn a small pass into a big play—you know—that's that, legal. Seventeen, ten, and one may not necessarily be four, two, nine like Tyreek Hill, but they can take the ball the distance. What say you? Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. The season opener is at hand. Are we crazy thinking that the Commanders can be a wild card postseason achiever in a very tough division? as I do believe the NFC East is going to be some measure of being back this year. I think there's at least, at least two playoff teams, if not potentially three, out of the NFC East this year. What say you? 301-230-0980. 
Hit us up now between now and 12 o'clock. And, of course, listening live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Charles Williams on Twitter says, Russell, speaking a bunch of positives this morning in my sarcastic voice, can't wait to hear his negatives. Whoa. Wait a second. I mean, we're always fair, right? I mean, I'm not always positive. You're the prince of positivity. That's exactly right, my friend. Or is the prince and the minister of fairness. I'm the minister of fairness, the prince of positivity, but... I'm also willing to call a spade a spade you what are. it needs you to are. be. But I'm considered like the villain, the 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 um, the the negative Nancy. Right. The you've the, been the Riddler, oh, the Joker, right, the overly Mr. critical. Freeze. Exactly, you've played the role, the guy of, that sits here and roots for them to lose yeah. and all that stuff. But okay, we haven't gotten to this, and and please, guys, like we we want this show to be like different than the rest of the other shows on both stations. Like we're going to give you super deep dive analytical and smart football talk. And we want a lot of opinions and energy and laughs and yucks and all that stuff and all the regular stuff. We're going to do both. Okay. But we need you guys. I know this team hasn't given you a lot to care about. I know this team has a disgruntled fan base still. But we need you to care about real football now. Okay? It's real football time. It is like we are 40, what, 51 hours, 50 and a half hours or whatever it is from kickoff at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon where the games now count for real. And they could very well easily lose and go 0-1. We're trying to give you the non-obvious storyline. Like anybody can talk about Carson Wentz. But we're trying to like say, okay, here's the path to victory. Here's what they need to avoid. Here's what they need to do. Here's what can't happen. And it's, again, beyond surface stuff. Like, anybody can tell you this team sucks on third down. They do. Any any number, you know, desk jockey can tell you that. Like, why? Why do they suck on third down? What has to change? What has to happen at the beginning of years, at the start of games? Why has this been a fail? Why could they lose on Sunday? Special teams, a big thing. That type of thing. That's what we're trying to give you. But we want you guys to be a part of the show and feel like this is your show to call in and tell us what's important to you 
and also what you think will happen in the game on Sunday and what you think will happen record-wise because both you and I think this team will make the playoffs somehow, some way. Now, we haven't given our records yet, right, uh, on the season. We haven't actually given out our game predictions for this Sunday as well, so we still have to do all that. We still have Andrew Whitworth. We still have a Saturday six-pack, all that stuff. At this point, what would you say is the percentage chance in your mind that they lose on Sunday, however it happens? What would you say is the percentage chance? Is it closer to 50-50, or is it clear in your mind? I may be a sucker, but I'm, a, I'm at about 37%. Really? 30, 37% that they could lose? Yes. Okay. I'm confident. I'm confident there's going to be something different. Because you can't keep doing the same thing. Right. If you keep doing the same thing, then they're all going to get fired, and they all should be fired. Right. So what? What are they? What's the old adage that I'm going to screw up? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again. That's why I need without my, getting the results. That's why I need my partner Pete Medhurst to fill that's out the rest of it. I know parts of adages, but let's get some. Let's get some feeling from the people. Let's get Brendan in here. Brendan, you're up first this morning. What's up? Uh, what have you doing, gentlemen? Good, what's man. up, Brendan? So I. I try not to come from a fan perspective anymore, man, and I, I just try to look at it for what it is. I'm 32, so all I've known is let down. So, but I just feel like um, we have one of the best skill skill groups in the league, top 10, top 15, and if the defense can give them a chance, if like you said, if we can get off that field on third down and we give them more chances. I, I just I see a path. I think we have, we have a better roster than Dallas, and I mean I think that was Dallas' uh, key to what they got last year. They they got a lot of takeaways uh, with Diggs, who you know he had all the interceptions, but he couldn't cover anybody. But he still had a lot of interceptions, gave back a lot of chances. And I feel like this group, if Cards and Wins play solid, like this 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 could be the season, man. And you talk about not doing the same things over and over. Well, probability has to say, you know, we're about due. Well, I mean, Brennan, it's a great point. Appreciate the call. The, the question ultimately becomes, and we can talk about depth of roster, without Gallup in the lineup, Washington is deeper certainly at the skill positions uh, than, than Dallas is. But Dak is uh, – look, if we have an opportunity to take Dak or Carson Wentz, if we're shopping at the grocery store, I think we're taking Dak nine and a half out of ten times. There might be that half a time where, uh, you know, Carson Wentz might be available, uh, buy two, get one free, so then you'd buy Carson Wentz and uh, his product in that situation. But CeeDee Lamb's excellent player. Parsons on the defensive side, Demarcus Lawrence uh, from a pass-rushing perspective. You mentioned Diggs. Look, I mean, Diggs gets a lot of interceptions because he, he's targeted a lot. People think they can beat him. Well, they, they did, though, a That's lot. That's what I'm saying. People I mean, think he- they can beat him, so – there's going to be opportunities. Tip balls are going to come your way. You're going to make good plays. You're going to gamble on breaking on the ball, and you're going to be right. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to gamble breaking on balls, and you're going to be wrong. And I think you're going to see a lot of people try to, uh, you know, stop and go him this coming season. He's a ball hawk. He wants to jump routes. He wants to intercept passes uh, and play the game uh, that way. So you got to take advantage of his aggressiveness. Now, is the Washington overall roster better than Dallas's? We can debate that. But if the defense ever lived up to the expectations of the individual players, we could have a better argument in terms of that. 
you know, I mean, Dallas has gone through linebackers galore, just like Washington has. Van Der Esch can't keep that neck healthy. Uh, he's a guy that was going to be a great player for them. They thought, you know, Jalen Smith was. And, of course, he had the terrible injury that he could really never come back from and be the same explosive player at linebacker. I mean, my God, could you imagine if they had him and Parsons on that defense mm. with, if, with Jalen uh, the former player that he was instead. Oh, yeah. So well, and remember, yeah, before he really kind of tailed off, they gave him that big contract yep, extension. Dallas, they thought he, they thought he was on the way back. Yeah, Dallas is already yeah suffering issues on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, if you want to start to get in that argument, Washington has to prove to us though that that roster is better. That's not something they've done yet. Okay, this group under this administration is has not has not proven to us yet that they're worthy of that conversation. On paper, could they be? If we sat down and analyzed 53 for 53, could we have that discussion at certain positions? We might be able to have that. But right now, the whether we like it or not, the most valuable franchise in pro sports executes at a higher level, wins more games, and it's now Washington's opportunity to find that sense of urgency reach up and do that themselves i don't i don't i don't buy our rosters better than philadelphia's i'm not ready to have that discussion i think philadelphia's roster with their offseason acquisitions is better than dallas's so i can't talk about washington winning the division until its roster Mm -hmm. proves to me they're worthy of that conversation and that's all we're asking prove to us that you're worthy of that conversation don't sit here and tell us well, we know we've got to make the product better. We're, we understand we've got to be a more explosive team. We've got to win in a more uh, appeasing fashion to get fans excited about the game. Don't tell us that. That that We know that. Show Don't us. Don't do that. that. Yeah. Show us. You know, this is the Missouri State thing. Show us that show, you're worthy the show of that. show me state? I mean, you want me, to, you want me to believe, okay? And as I said, as I said, in those sweet ads, 1,100 comments – 1,000 of them are destroying the organization. But for the diehards that are still out there, for the diehards that don't want you to say anything negative about the team, it is up to the team on the field. And I'm not this, I'm not talking about any of this off-the-field crap, okay? Because that Dan Snyder doesn't win or lose games for this football team. He doesn't tackle. He doesn't block. He doesn't catch. He doesn't throw. It's up to the men that have been hired. You know, it's not like Ron Rivera is some neophyte head coach that Dan brought in, you know, to be a a young puppet so he could control the strings like he's always wanted to at times early in his career as an owner. Ron Rivera is an established NFL person. Jack Del Rio is an established NFL person. Scott Turner, established NFL person. Ken Zampezi, established NFL person. These are people that come from pedigree. And I know Doc hates Del Rio because he's a Trojan and not a Bruin, but still, these are people <laughs> These are people that come from established NFL pedigree. You know, Ron's a Cal guy. It means he's smart. You can't get into Cal if you're not intelligent. But it's time to put up. It is time to put up. It is time to make the net results better. Make them better. Go get us more wins. We can talk about it. We know you have to do it, so go do it. Find a way to go do it. If a way you're using is not working, find a different way. That's what the best coaching staffs do. They find a better way because we all believe the personnel is better. 
We believe it's better. We got to put those people in positions to win games. It's real simple. It, it, it's not hard. We complicate this stuff. People complicate football sometimes. Make it simple. Have urgency. Care about winning. Set a standard in your locker room. Somebody has to step up and say, there's a standard we're going to play to here, and if you don't play to it, we're going to get rid of you. And we're going to go find somebody else that wants to play to that standard. We don't have any standards here right now. We have wishes. We have hope. But we don't have standards because we haven't set one yet. It's very simple. Standard we set on this show right now, Russell tells us what's trending. Oh, sounds like Pete Medhurst is calling for a make-or-break year, and we will start to find out the results. 1 o'clock on Sunday at FedEx Field, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Doug Peterson, Brandon Sheriff, Trevor Lawrence, and the rest of the crew come in against the sort of new-look Washington Commanders. Of course, new team name, new uniforms, uh, and the first year as the Commanders. How many people will be there? We will find out. Uh, tickets still very much available uh, if you listen to the Commanders. We will see if there's any home field advantage. All right, coming up, we will talk to Andrew Whitworth, recently retired Super Bowl champion left tackle of the Rams. He unveiled the Super Bowl banner last night. That's 11-10, so about a half an hour away. He's part of the new Thursday Night Football on Amazon uh, package, so you make sure you want to stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, the Steelers will honor their late teammate and former Washington first-round pick Dwayne Haskins uh, this year year by wearing a number three sticker on their helmets throughout the season. And per our friends at TalkNats.com, the Nats are set to call up their top catching prospect, Israel Pineda, as well uh, also reliever Jordan Weems. Pineda's moved from high A to triple A in just this year, now apparently to the major leagues, as Caber Ruiz has to go on the injured list because he got hit in an area you don't want to get hit in yesterday uh, in St. Louis. And that's what's trending. Joins us coming up at 11.10. Still seems kind of odd, man. That guy was such a staple in the NFL for 16 years. Played on a number. I'm pretty sure six times he was in the playoffs for the Bengals. And then, of course, joined the Rams, and they became a regular playoff team with him in L.A., and Played in one Super Bowl and lost, and then came back and won a Super Bowl with the Rams. We'll talk about Thursday night football on Amazon with Andrew Whitworth coming up and just what it was like to finally, you know, cross that finish line and be able to hoist that Vince Lombardi trophy that every kid that plays football uh, plays the game for and and giving that length of service uh, to the game uh, that Andrew did. We'll talk with him uh, coming up. Chris, let's talk about how the commanders get to the playoff uh, position that we think that they can get to. Um, that means you're talking winning anywhere. I think mandatory in the NFC, I think 10 wins is going to be the minimum for the last wild card spot. I I do not believe 9-8 and eight is going to get it done. I really don't. I think 10-7 I think and seven is the mark you've got to get to in the NFC this year. You're much more likely to be right on that. I suppose there is at nine and eight, right? Mm-hmm. Ways via tiebreakers and so on and so forth that you can get you in really at nine are and eight. Asking, right? You're asking for trouble, though. Absolutely. If you well, if, at nine and eight, because the math. Who, fa- who found that out last year? Yeah. Right. 
Carson Wentz and the Jaguar and the uh, and the Colts, right? Yep. Because they finished at nine and eight, but having lost their last two games at one point being nine and six, right? So if this team is nine and if this team is nine and six and lose their last two home games to Cleveland and the Cowboys, they don't deserve to get in at nine and eight. If you if you're in that position, Pete, you don't deserve to get in. You should win ten games. At that point, do you have to win 10 games is the question. I know you should be in that range to feel somewhat comfortable, and even then you could lose out on a technical tiebreaker, you know, a common record, whatever, bull crap. But, like, do you I, – I, I guess here's my question. Do they have to get to 10 wins in order to make it? Can you see a scenario where – it could work out through a bunch of tiebreakers that, again, they get in at nine wins. or And, and I know you can't operate like that, well, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, n- the tiebreakers can certainly go against you, but let's, let's take a look, mm-hmm. okay? The teams that potentially you could be in the discussion for the playoffs with, Philadelphia, Dallas, Green Bay, Minnesota, they're they're all on your schedule. I mean, San Francisco. So you have a chance to directly affect your playoff livelihood with teams that mm-hmm. you're going to be competing for a playoff spot. Now, you get two shots at Philadelphia, Dallas, mm-hmm. Giants, obviously in your division, but you only get one shot mm-hmm. at Minnesota, mm-hmm. Green Bay, San Francisco. If you lose to all three of those teams, yeah. you you are completely you're not winning tiebreakers. You are one hundred percent hosed with the plunger mm-hmm. stuck to your rear end going toward the playoffs. Right. If you end up in a tie with those teams, absolutely. And and, you, and look, even if you don't win the division, you could still not only have to beat those teams, but like say a win against Dallas in the in the regular season finale even if the Eagles have already clinched the division, could be for a playoff spot because you're obviously battling that team in the NFC as a whole instead of just the NFC East, right? If you're going to lose a game down the stretch, much better to lose to Deshaun and the Browns on New Year's Day at home than lose in San Francisco the week before or Dallas. There are only 17 of these games. They all count. I'm just saying, like if I'm it nine hurts you eight, less. If I'm nine and eight, and I lose, if I'm nine and eight because I lose to Cleveland, I end up in a tiebreaker. If I beat Cleveland, I'm ten and seven. No, I, I, I hate that. I, I, I hate that. Right. Oh, if you lose to an AFC team, it's bad. No, you only play seventy. It's not baseball, Chris. We don't play 162. We don't play 82 games like the NBA and the NHL. You only get 17 games in the NFL. That's the beauty of the sense of urgency you have to have. I know the AFC team loss may hurt you less in a multi-team tiebreaker situation, but if I beat Cleveland, I'm not in the multi-team tiebreaker situation. So I I, I just hate that analogy about, oh, if you lose to the AFC team, it's okay. Losing sucks. There's nothing good that comes from losing. If I win more games than everybody else, whether I beat Cleveland, whether I, I, I beat any of the AFC teams on my schedule, Jacksonville this week, Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee, they count toward my win total. And if I win more games than the other teams, I don't end up in tiebreakers. I understand. I I totally get what you're saying. But I I guess what I was just saying is if you're going to not win the final three games on your schedule, okay, which is hard to do, at San Francisco on Christmas Eve, 
home on New Year's Day mm-hmm. for the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun. And then the Cowboys on either the 7th or the 8th. If you're going to lose one of those games, much better off losing the Cleveland Brown game. That That's all I was saying. I, I, of course I want you to win. Of course I understand I the necessity of 17 games. I, I get it all. I'm just saying that, that if you're going to lose one of those games, please don't lose at San Francisco because to your point, that could be a team that you are certainly in contention with if they don't win the NFC West or for I whatever your reason. Point. If you end up in a tie break, if you end up in a tie with San Francisco and you beat them, you win it obviously because yeah. you won the game. Yeah. So that's why that's why beating the NFC opponent. I understand what the point you're trying to make there. To me, I have them getting to potentially 11, but to get to 11, they would have to based on my accounting get one of the Philadelphia games and they must beat Cleveland and Dallas in the final two. I think San Francisco late in the year is going to be barring, you know. That's really tough to win. That's going to be a tough game to win because that's a good club and it's on the road. So ultimately you said and you I could see the, them getting to 11, but more realistically 10, right? Yes. I mean, I mean gonna, here's my thing, though. The Giants are going to be a, a pain in the rear end. I don't think they're going to be a team that challenges for a playoff spot, but they're going to be better with Dable there, in my opinion. I, I would agree. I, I mean, a lot of that is going to depend getting on, to this, though, on Daniel Jones. Get, agreed. But getting to this point, and we'll finish this on the other side of the hour before we get to Andrew Whitworth because we got him at 10 past the hour. Getting to there is going to require you winning games on the road like in Chicago mm-hmm. and Carson's Revenge in, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Also in Philadelphia, potentially. We're, we're or further, are you talking week three for Carson's Revenge? We're away them. from Philadelphia, but the taste is still there Yeah, from what – He's going to get he's going to get booed lustily. And you know what? I hope it motivates the hell out of him and his teammates go in there and roll 38-21 against the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Whitworth is 10 minutes away. Keep it locked in right here. Final hour of the show. We'll give you our predictions for the game coming up on Sunday as well. Our Saturday six-pack, Russell's Dumb Dumb of the Day, action-packed final hour coming your way next right here on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.